All right, welcome back to another episode of Corked Up. I'm Jessica Kleinschmidt. And I'm Rachel Luba. Cheers. Cheers. This is a, um, a great episode because for the first time ever, we have a trio of women, which I think is very important. Oh, yeah. Joining us later is a play-by-play broadcaster for the Orioles, but it's like on top of a billion other things that she's doing. She's like the Mike Trout of all the things, Melanie Newman. And um, she was a great interview because we talked about only things that we could actually talk about because you, me, and her, Rach, just have the woman thing in sports just covered. Yeah. I feel like you two started a little kinship, but don't become too close because that's going to piss me off. I won't. I know you don't like that, but I, I, she's awesome. Um, I'm so glad that we had her on. And what's the wine word tonight, Rach? So the wine word tonight, I am allowed to say it this time. We are allowed to say it now. Yeah. Um, Orioles, um, poor choice on Jess's end for the like fifth time, fifth episode. Um, so yeah. Thank you for that. But you know what? I try sometimes. I don't know. It's fine. Um, we we definitely, and, and the cool, I'm glad that we had Melanie on because obviously the Orioles were affected, but because of all the coronavirus stuff happening, the Marlins over the last two days have a total of over a dozen people who tested positive for coronavirus. Um, and the question yeah, was- like 14, right? Or Yeah, it was originally 12 players, two staff members, I believe, and then four extra. Um, so it makes you think about all that stuff. Rach, do you think, I know we talked about this before, but as time goes on, do you think we're going to have a 60 game season? Yes, I do. And I've been asked this a bunch and I think maybe I'm naive about it, but I think we were all anticipating this was going to happen. Um, it, you know, look, it's not realistic to have a bubble, uh, like, you know, the NHL and NBA are doing, they're finishing up a season. They're fewer, you know, fewer, um, players that they have to contain. It's just, it's not realistic. They don't play every, you know, they don't play every day. Um, so baseball really couldn't do that. And I think they're handling it. We all kind of anticipated this, this would happen at some point, a few players would get it. It would spread to, you know, a big group of players and, you know, we would have to deal with it. Um, I think we're going to get to see a lot of, um, you know, prospects that were either, you know, a long anticipating kind of their debut or just new, you know, guys that probably maybe never would have had a chance and are going to, we're going to get to watch them play. So I look, I think we're going to have a 60 game season. We're going to see a lot of new faces. We're going to, you know, miss our big stars possibly for, you know, a week at a time, but we're going to have baseball, I think. Question though, if this happened to a team like the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, do you think it would have changed things? It's funny because I didn't, when I saw on your notes that you wanted to talk about that, I thought about it and I was like, oh, that's a really good point that I didn't think about. Yeah, I think it would be different. I'm not sure that, yeah, good job. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure the outcome would be any different. Um, More attention on it, maybe? Yeah, it would be a bigger deal. The one thing I have to say, though, and it it bothers me a little bit, I see on social media and everyone criticizing MLB, and I have a lot of my own, you know, issues with MLB and how they've handled everything, you know, with the whole, with COVID-19. But I will say, and from talking to players, I think, 
I think they are doing a pretty good job. They're doing the best job they can. I mean, look, they, they can't control players and what they do on their free time. And if they go out and that's, that's something that the players need to kind of take some, you know, have some onus and, you know, make smart decisions. But I think MLB is doing a pretty good job so far. I do agree. And yeah, I just, all the, all this hate and, you know, talk of not caring about, you know, families and health. I don't know. I would say it's just, I don't know. I just don't necessarily agree with it. I think, I don't know. I don't really have a complete thought with that, but I would just say that I do think that they're not getting enough credit and I don't usually give a lot of credit to MLB for things, but I will, I will back you up on that. Rachel's the first person to be like, they need to do better. You're the first person to call them out. And I feel like I'm right there with you. I think they're doing as good of a job as they possibly could because we have no idea what this virus can do. We have zero idea. And the fact that they're still doing a season, everything like that. It's, and, I, and I hate saying that when people's lives are at stake, but this, they are literally doing as good of a job as they possibly could. And I genuinely believe that even the testing up until all this was going quite well after the few hiccups in the very, very beginning. But I knew that would happen because we're all figuring this out, you know? And look, I think, you know, you could make the argument that it's, you know, they just, we shouldn't be playing sports or anything like that. But at this point, I, I feel like it's really hard to just put the world on pause for this indefinite period of time. And so there was a lot of criticism that MLB didn't come to a deal and agreement and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they just need to get back to playing. And like, we're, we're trying, we're trying to get back to some sense of normalcy and we are playing and we are taking all the precautions that we can and players that are high risk are being, you know, protected much more. Um, you can opt out and there are regulations and, you know, kind of, guidelines put in place for that and I just I guess at the end of the day I don't don't think I wouldn't vote for waiting until we've completely eradicated the virus before we try to figure out a way to play and I know there are people out there that do think that's that's what we should do and you know agree to disagree I have a pretty good feeling that Mike Trout might not play the entire season I think he might opt out he has a baby on the way next month and from what I'm hearing he's really really considering it and the beauty is players will all have their his back and that's what's all that matters yeah yeah um I'm gonna change tune and wish you a very very happy birthday thank you and I'm so thankful that you're born and that we made this together Ching ching. I'm so glad that I, I think it's so cool when I do that. It looks so cool. Me through I know, the I need a, I need a better, a better. And glass. you went to my new favorite winery in Carmel Valley recently. Yeah. I, I was born and raised in Monterey and I had never heard of that place. And it is so cool. My, I went with my family. It was so much fun. Yeah. And it, we, I went, I don't know, three or three weeks ago, a month ago. And we met the coolest girls there. And it's such like a Jess vibe. It is a vibe because like and it's they have the funniest, but they have like the funniest things everywhere. And like chickens. It's so cool. It, it's such a cool, that's my new favorite spot. And I'm still, I was sitting there with my, my brothers and stuff, my family and looking around. I was like, guys, how have we never heard about this place? It's like so quaint and chill and it wasn't expensive at all either. And it was just like, I love that place. And it's like, I don't know. I really, I, I dug it and props to Emily for finding that too. For when we were there, I was very 
I was very into it. Um, no, oh, she, I think she was there that like she came, we, I left at four, it closes at five and I, apparently she got there like right at four. So we overlapped because she asked me about, it. she was like, wait, were you there today? I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I didn't see you, but we like just missed each other. So, but she was there. I think she, she frequents that place now. Yeah. And I don't blame her because it's yeah. amazing. Um, now I want to bring up a one Mr. Trevor Bauer um one of my favorite moments that he's ever done he's had many was when he was with the indians and he got taken out by terry francona and he responded by throwing a ball over the like the wall over yeah. Center field. yeah that was on my birthday well there you go really um, good at making my birthday memorable so, so wait so did yeah. he do that no because it wasn't exactly a year later then yeah it was or it was a day it was the day it was the day after my my oh gosh, birthday now I know how to celebrate your birthday by making Trevor do that every year yeah so he did it I I went to go see and uh watch him play and it's my birthday I was in Kansas City when they were playing he was super sick the entire week I've never seen him like that and they sent him home from the ballpark they don't do that they sent him home every night he would go in, they basically, I think, like, check his temperature and stuff, yeah. see if he needed any medicine, and they sent him home. So he, which, that's that's not a thing that right. players, I mean, they're there no matter what, always. And that's how sick he was. And then he wanted to play because it was, like, in 2013, um, he had, the, I think he had the bird flu or something. And he at the last minute scratched from his start and one of the guys in the bullpen came in to replace him at the last minute, uh, was not prepared, ended up getting injured. And I think had Tommy John and Trevor never forgave himself. He was just like, I, that that's on me because that guy was not ready. He had to pick up the slack and I will never miss a start. And so that holds true. Trevor will not miss a start unless you force him out of it. You know, you saw with the bloody finger. Yeah. He refused to miss that start. I have never seen him sicker. And at this point I was flying, I was actually flying to Cleveland cause I was gonna, there was the potential trade. So I was gonna be there yeah. and my flight. So my flight was early and he's playing and I'm getting notifications of everything that's happening. And like, this is not going well so far. <laughs> and then he, all of a sudden bases are loaded and I'm on the runway about to take off. I'm like, no, shoot. Like my Wi-Fi is going to go, or my right. service is going to go out. I'm not going to. This sounds like for love of the game, like yeah. number yeah. two. Yeah. So I'm in the air and right as like bases are loaded. I'm like, you know what? To be honest, like, I don't really want to know what happens here because it's not going to be good. And then I have, I'm flying Delta. Delta, like I can get Wi-Fi to text, but I can't download anything. And I get like notifications, but I can't actually read articles or anything like that right so right uh, right as I get up in the air I turn on that wi-fi and all of a sudden I get like this flood of notifications coming in of video of Bauer like chucking ball and I just was like oh my god what happened and I texted Alec like one of his employees because he was there and he was getting pictures for momentum and I was like please tell me what just happened how bad is it he was like yeah, you're going to need to watch, watch it when you land. It's pretty bad. It's like, and yeah, so that was, that was a great, um, we, the only restaurant that was open, we got food when he got back and it was like, I don't know, some 
like Barney's or some whatever little bar. And they just had the TV, the game on replay on every TV. And he's just sitting there just staring at it, like watch it. Like, and you just do people, are people looking at him while it's ha- do people know that it's him or one guy noticed him when because we were sitting in a corner yeah and he noticed him he's like oh man I'm a fan whatever but he was drunk and um but yeah we didn't I'm pretty sure he didn't say a word the entire dinner and it was um yeah that was that was not not great and then um he got traded and then this year of course like right on my birthday he does you know the same well right before it but same uh little gesture um but if this was him trolling himself he had a phenomenal outing and 13 13 strikeouts and then naturally when he got pulled just because it was his time to go because the bullpen's the sexy thing these days he pretended to throw it again but you know obviously it didn't happen but everybody loved that because of all places you do that I'm glad he did that in Cincinnati because social media in Cincinnati for the Reds is so good and so they were all about it. And, you know, obviously I only started following the red social media because of Joey Votto, but they're actually really amazing at social media. I was okay, very impressed. When, one of my favorite tweets from them was when the trade with Trevor and Puig happened. And it was also when the fight happened that night with Puig, you know, going out and after the pirates and you look well, at Amir the- Garrett. Fought yeah, yeah, yeah. Pirates, but then, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But- yeah. He goes out to after yeah. he's been traded. Yeah. You are fighting for guys that you are not even on their team anymore. Yeah. That, that's the kind of teammate you want. He will that's throw, baller. He will throw punches for you when you are no longer his teammate. You know, like he will always have your back. But anyways, they so Bauer and Puig have been traded. There's a fight going on and they just tweet out and they're like, a lot's going on right now. <laughs> just period. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, that that's a good way to <laughs> You covered all your bases. Yeah, like yeah. there is a lot going on. A lot on. is going on. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. No, I real. they obviously like, when I was working for Cut 4, they obviously always love when I wrote about Joey and every time it's Joey's birthday, they te- they tweet me and stuff like that. So it was really cool. Yeah, um, but I, so I'm really glad that he's with the team that like will take care of him on social media because I feel like that's like perfect for him and everything like that. Um, and Joseph is hitting the, you know what, out of the ball, just saying. Yeah. Yes, thank God. Um, yeah, it was funny. We did for NBC. We did these like, um, I guess, underappreciated. Um, who are going to win the awards? Like NL MVP, all these other things. In the email to do it, Alex Pavlovich, who I love, was like, "Jessica, you can't just write Joey Votto for NL MVP." Joey goes yard right on opening like, day. Uh, or yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, and I was like interesting obviously I didn't choose him for my NL MVP because like I was told not to but now I hope he gets it because I want to be like I'm going to show the email and be like you told me not to do this I would have though but I would have yeah so. like I would and like it wasn't just because he's my hero but just because like yeah you hit 900 this year sorry just saying to leave <laughs> we have a really special guest it was such a fun interview um and I'm not just saying that because producer Will was like that was amazing but it really was and I'm excited to introduce I was excited to introduce you and Melanie um mm-hmm. and you guys really hit it off and I thought it was really cool that we had just like women who got it women who understand it uh, it was a really fabulous interview so here it is our guest is here a one Miss Melanie Newman thank you for joining us Melanie 
Thank you for having me, since this is the one way we can actually get together this year. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Mel, well, I guess Melanie, you can go into detail because I know you're kind of doing a little bit of everything, but she is with the Orioles. And I want to make sure I get this correct. Are you the first full-time female play-by-play -play broadcaster in MLB history? I don't know about MLB history. I don't want to step on any toes. I've kept hearing that. Um, so we can go with it. There's sure. no baseball reference page for this. So <laughs> there isn't, there really yeah. isn't. Um, I do know that I am the first female for the Orioles. Like that is concrete. Um, and I feel really fortunate for that. So I have a play by play capacity on Orioles radio. Um, and then also on the mid Atlantic sports network, which is Masson, uh, serving as pre and post game and sideline reporting, doing a lot of different digital pieces. We now have a live show on Instagram. Uh, and at one point during quarantine time hosting trivia. So the whole goal of it was to kind of be able to be everywhere that the ball club had fans and just build that familiarity uh, between the base and the club. That's so awesome. You're, <laughs> you're a badass. I love it. Rachel's like, if you, if you're loved by Rachel, like you're doing something right. It's, it's a big, it's a big prop. I don't take it lightly. And, and uh, Melanie is drinking with us too. We should probably know that. I, I am. Not everybody drinks with us, which is good. Yes. Um, I feel like we're going to get drunk in this though. Like I'm, we're already off to not a great start. <laughs> but like, <laughs> also a great start. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, either way, depending on how you want to look at it. But um, I have a question. So what is it like being, I mean, you're the only really female kind of around and doing what you're doing, at least with the Orioles. Um, is it I don't, just what's it like? Uh, it's weird, um, but I really feel like that's only because all of 2020 is weird, like not even in a baseball sense. So there's 19 broadcasters as a total with our ball club. And that never happens, you know, we're three times the size of everybody else, but I am the only female in that regard. But, you know, we don't get to be around each other at all. When we called the exhibition game against the Nationals, that was my first time to Camden Yards. I was like, you know, the new employee and, and everything was great until I walked in and you get past the three security guards and the whole stadium's dark and quiet. And then finally realized, you know, right before first pitch, I was like, oh, it's me, my partner who's in a different booth and our producer who's in a different booth in the whole stadium. Um, so we haven't had like the camaraderie and the, the get to know you and being around everybody and having that normal day-to-day -day scenario that we would have already been, what, four months into at this point. Uh, yeah. I will say there's a lot of other females with the Orioles. So it's really cool getting to see how they pull everybody in. I mean, our head groundskeeper is a female, Nicole wow. Sherry, and she's like amazing. And then there's a ton with our PR staff. So I work with them a lot, but it's been a lot of, you know, just Zooms and stuff. I don't know, I guess being in the sport for so long and never having my family tell me like, that's kind of weird, you know, you're a girl. I just got immune to thinking anything else of it. But it's, I'm, I'm really curious to see how 21 goes and then be like, oh, so this is different. This is how this is. That's how it's the exact same situation with me or just because this is my first year with my agency and everything. And everyone's like, so what's like a typical, give us like a day to day, you know, or what, what does a week look like in your world? I'm like, I can give you a week, but I can assure you that next year it's going to be nothing like this. Like this is such an outlier that it's, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird year to get thrust into a new role. So exactly. I can yeah. run and so Melanie, I mean, you're doing something, I, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's so difficult to do in and of itself, 
but then you have a female voice behind play by play and that's just something that's i don't want to say it's not normal but it doesn't happen so when you hear a woman or play by play, like how does that work and how did you get into that i got into it because i had people who saw more in me than i saw in myself and that definitely includes you jess um, but I, I started out knowing that I wanted to be around sports. I was young. I was very introverted, very shy and print journalism kind of opened that door for me. That was always a strength until I got to college and they said, okay, well, we want to, we want to push you into broadcasting. Okay. So I took that path and really started to develop, started to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. Baseball was still that ground zero for me, especially as a kid in Atlanta, you know, it's everywhere and it's year round. Um, so when I got out, I started bouncing around from a couple different jobs, got really lucky that a buddy of mine was the voice of the time of the Mobile Bay Bears, RIP. And he said, you know, we actually just lost the girl we had doing our on-field hosting and she did pre and post for me on radio, but he took it a step further and said, you're going to do all that, but I'm also going to bring you in the booth. Um, I paid out of pocket to be on the road so that I could do, you know, the full nine innings instead of the last two that I was doing at home and had people from that point forward who really picked me up and, and helped me hone my craft and kept telling me, you know, you actually can do this. This is a voice for you because I didn't, I, I always felt bad probably up until this year that I'd hear all these other broadcasters talk about their roots and they were like, you know, Oh, I knew I wanted to do this. I grew up listening to all these greats and that was what I wanted. I, I was never that kid. Like I, I admired them and I picked up on which ones really connected to my dad and, and knew why they stood out to him in particular, but it wasn't until I realized, okay, this is what I'm going to do that I actually got to start to go back and analyze, you know, why were they great? Why did they transcend into the home and out of the booth? Um, so it just, it's just kind of been, you know, one stepping stone after another, but they were like all underwater until I'd get to the next one. And then it kind of come up and show itself a little bit, but I, I kind of like that. I came up that way, honestly. I, I think that's such a great kind of reminder for people because I was the same in the sense, like I was a gymnast growing up. I didn't follow baseball. I wasn't a base, you know, like I went to games casually here and there, but I wasn't a baseball, just nerd junkie. But when I kind of made the decision, I was like, you know, this was interesting to me, this sport, and I want to go into it. You can teach yourself, you know, if you put in the time, you can teach yourself stuff and you yeah. can learn the history. You can learn all this stuff. You don't necessarily need to be, you don't have to have that kind of cliche story of, I knew since the time I was little, like, this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, that's kind of your path in, I think. You know, if you at any point kind of decide you're passionate about something, you can teach yourself and, you know, figure it out. So. Exactly. People, people don't, don't find it all the time to do the, the work and do it though. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like Zach back in elementary school, that dude is not a paleontologist. <laughs> like he thought he would be. So this means you followed up with him though. Maybe he is not as cute as I remember when I was five. It's usually the way it goes. And I mean, I've still stayed the same size. So that's why I thought like it would be the same, but it's not. I've moved on though. Yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> uh, Rachel wanted to ask you a question because I know obviously with the Orioles and heading into the conversation, there is a lot going on with coronavirus. So Rachel has a question for you about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, as an agent too, um, what, you know, you had a press conference kind of what is, 
what is the sentiment, you know, with the Orioles right now, um, the team kind of, where do things stand? Fill us in. Yeah. So it's, it's really a rewarding opportunity to know that not only is this my first year with the club, but that I landed with a club that takes things very seriously. And I think having a team of lawyers who serve as the head of the club is a help in that process. Um, but all we've heard from the start is just how the players and the staff feel like they've gone above and beyond with the safety measures, with how they do things, that things are way different from how other clubs are operating. And that these players are all towing the line extremely and understanding that, you know, if they go out or if they choose to make these decisions socially, that's a little bit selfish, that it can, it can affect more than just you. It affects, you know, we've seen it. It's affected four other teams entirety. Um, so they've all been really good. And Brandon Hyde has been so just well-versed in saying how important that is to the guys. And, you know, they're, they're all wearing out room service. They're staying in their hotel and, and it means a lot to them. And they know that if they want to get through 60 games, this is what's going to have to happen. And it's just 60 games. You know, it's not like they're asking these players to basically walk themselves away for a full 162. I would get that to a degree. Um, but they've all held themselves with so much responsibility and maturity. And I can even say from our side of things, you know, they're, they're taking care of us. And like I said earlier, being the only three people in the entire stadium and how distanced everything was. I mean, it's, it's our own headset until the last day of the season and it gets sealed off in a bag that we are, you know, sanitizing ourselves. So there's never any type of cross contamination, I guess you could use the word um, when it comes to trying to make sure everything is okay. And Hyde even said it too. He said, look, at the end of the day, this isn't even like a, a dollars and cents things. It's not about, Oh, we've got to play the season because it's about money. He said, I have friends, you know, who are a part of the Marlins organization. We all have friends. I mean, Freddie Gonzalez is a part of the Orioles staff. Um, Hyde has been in baseball for over 20 years. So this comes down to people that they know and they love dearly who now are considered at risk or they're infected or they're positive. Um, and he said, and that's the big secure at the end of the day. They've got families that they're hypothetically wanting to go home to. And, you know, can you now or can't you? Um, so they're, they're all really concerned and really vigilant right now. And Chris Davis even said it though, once the logistics were worked out to shift and bring in the Yankees for two games, that way, both teams kind of stop the bleeding as far as just a loss of games that, that it was an easy decision, but he did add at the end of that, he's going to start wearing a mask at first base. So it's been, a, you know, a real back and forth and a little tumultuous for them. I mean, they were basically locked away in their hotel in Miami all day yesterday until, they got the notification, hey, you're, you're now getting on a flight. So that's it. It was just, you know, point A to point B and no stops in between. But I feel fortunate that of anybody, you know, I'm with the club who got it right. That's good. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I feel we're, we're all thinking, and this is not on social media, like they don't know if these guys are being selfish or if they're being smart about anything. And I'm, from what I've seen, I know the A's are doing really well. And like a couple of the guys that I have talked to, they're going they're annoyed that they're stuck in their hotel rooms but they're being that's yeah. good at least you know that they're in their hotel rooms and everything like that so it is just you three there's no like beat writers or anything in there so I will say that was for a road game um that they were at Nationals Park for that expo game so for home games I would imagine that the beat writers do come in we'll actually see some front office staff you know there's the three tiers of credentialing for it but I mean, they even have that broken down to a T. There's separate stairwells that people take and 
if you're play by play or, you know, radio for that day, you get off at one floor. And if you're sidelines or pre and post that day, you get off at a different floor. The beat writers get off at a different floor, but you're all taking the stairs. There's no crossover in an elevator. Right. Um, it, you, you know, there's really at no point are you interacting with anybody else? I mean, we're not even as broadcasters allowed to be in the press box with the beat writers just because there's no need for us right now to. It is a nicety, you know, to be able to talk and, and share those ideas and stories. And that's where you get to kick around a lot of stuff. But now we've discovered Zoom does all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I had Scott Hatterberg on my other podcast yesterday and he was like, I'm like killing the Zoom game. I was like, me too. I can set up a Zoom in my sleep now. And that's, it's a new skill i keep saying like i don't i don't even know if they're publicly owned but i was like if you had stock in zoom before all of this happened like you're retired you're done within within a few like within two months zoom went from i don't think anybody knew what it was really Uh to being like a verb like uber or google or something where it's going to be in the oxford dictionary like let's just zoom or you know just like you let's just uber somewhere Exactly. And I love too, like all the people who are like, oh, no more meetings. Like everything can be in an email. And then more meetings now than ever. Because we have Zoom. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny that you brought up Zoom because you said nobody's ever heard of it. I have the perfect segue to my next question. The last time, the first and only time I ever heard of Zoom, Melanie, was when I got my cut four interview on camera. And has it been around that long? It has been around that long. And I I mean, so I, I can't even remember when I got hired by Cut4. But the reason why I brought that up was because after I did that interview, I didn't think I was going to get the job because I was like, you know, whatever. So I was on Melanie and I was like, why am I doing this? Like I gave it six months. I'm going to try to continue the sports world. And Melanie, and I was literally kind of ignoring Melanie. She's like, just like, you're doing fine. Like you're going to get a job, like chill. And I was like, shut up, Melanie. Like I'm not. And there very was very easy to ignore, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a missed call on the other line. It was from a New York number. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to ignore it. And so as I'm crying to Melanie saying like, I'm done, I was like, fine, I'll listen to this voicemail. And it was cut for offering me a job. And so Melanie was like on the other line. So Melanie, why don't you tell the fine people that A, I, I helped you grow some balls and B, the, the reason why I'm here today is because of you. I, I'll never forget that night. You know, there's so many moments that you always think stand out to you, but like you never picture, especially in this industry, that it's going to be a late night when you're just laying in your room and all the lights are off, but you're on the phone with a friend. And it's just another, it's another like tough scenario. Like that's why you have that inner circle is to help each other through stuff. And yeah, no, you definitely gave me a spine because I used to joke with people. I was like, I had the spine of like maybe an eclair when I met <laughs> Jess and now I've worked up to like box jellyfish. So we're doing really well. <laughs> but you just, I mean, like from the moment that we connected, you were always that person I looked up to. You know, you said exactly what you felt. That was never going to be minced or watered down and uh, you stood up for yourself. But the thing about it was, is that you always had something backing up why you said what you said or how you felt. Like it was never just, I'm going to throw it and see if it sticks to the wall. Like it was so hard for anybody to argue with you, which is also like, you know, inflamed a lot of people that they can't argue with you. Um, but that night when you called me and you were like, I think I'm done. That's the hard thing about this industry is it's almost like 70% of it is just outliving everybody else who finally decides to let go of their grip 
and walk away. And the thing is, is unlike, you know, you're, if you're not Brett Favre, you can't walk away from and then walk back into. Like you're, yeah. you're starting at the bottom rung, if not lower than where you did start. Your skills are already behind. So that's it. You walk away. That's your grave marker for, your, for that part of your career. And all I could think was, like, I, I have to fight for her to stay because if she leaves, like if she, if she doesn't think she can make it, what, what chance in hell do I have of making it in this industry? You know, like I, I don't know as much as she does and I, I don't present myself the way that she does. So it's almost like, I believe in you because if I don't believe in you, then I can't even believe in myself <laughs> at that moment. And, and just knowing though, that you had, you had so much more to give and and you just kind of I wanted to like shake you and just be like just stop for two seconds like it, we'll go work at In-N-Out Burger together for a couple months like we'll figure it out but you can't walk away yet because some people you just meet and you know they're going to do what they want to do in life and, and that what they feel is their calling is what they're actually going to fulfill as their calling and that was you to to a T and it has been from day one um, and, and the feeling of relief when you were like, oh my God. So, so they called me back and, and they offered me the job. And I, I'm like, I didn't, I don't even think I asked. I was like, okay, well, obviously you're going to take the job or like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to actually grow a pair and come out there and like beat you over the side of the head. <laughs> but it, that's like, that's why we're here. Like, that's yeah. why we have each other. Be and you did it to me. Like I had yeah. that moment where I was like, I'm, I'm at a dead end road. It is middle of spring training. I don't have a job. Like this is done. My own parents for the first time in my life were like, yeah, you need to change occupations, honey. <laughs> and, and you were like the one person I had who was like, uh, excuse me. Um, we had a phone call Absolutely. and now you don't want to, you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to walk the walk that you already talked with me three years ago. Like get it together. Um, she just did the best just... guess impression, right? <laughs> like the, the impression, everything was spot on Jess. Like that was her saying. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm very like, I have the biggest heart, but I'm such a sasshole about it. And Rachel even talked about it the other day. Like I told our group chat yesterday, I was like, if you guys do not wish Rachel a happy birthday, I will ruin you. Like, <laughs> I was on a, I was on a radio show that she, I like filled in for, I don't know, Jess was supposed to do it. She took over for me for sure. Yeah. And the, I think like five times within the show, he, the host like reminded me that Jess really loves you. He's like, <laughs> he was like, she told me she would kill me if I it didn't make that clear. Like, that sounds like Jess. I do. And I, I feel think, like- I think I even saw that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> and Jess and is just like, like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's why, I, like, I'm glad that we brought you on because I feel like the mixture of A, being a woman in this industry and B, like, we're so hard on ourselves, right? Yeah. Like I wish I saw my own potential as much as like my, my mom and my friends and my family sees me because maybe then I'd be like, okay, you got this. But I'm also glad that I don't like, I'm constantly like second guessing myself. And I, and whether that's because I'm, I don't have a college career or whatever it is, like, I don't know, but I feel like that is such a, like the way that you said that 70% of it is just like outliving everybody else. Yes. I, I have, I am a lawyer and I second guess myself. So I don't think your education, whether <laughs> you drop out of high school or, you know, you have like 
10 post-grad degrees. I mean, I think that's kind of what a lot of it too, is just because there aren't a lot of women in the industry. So you, you know, think about it, men second guess themselves too, but then imagine, you know, I mean, we know, but being in an industry where it's already cutthroat and then now you just have the added, you know, gender issue. And I mean, but I feel like all of us have that kind of one person, even when some of the closest people to us are like, you know, like our parents, my parents did the same thing. They were like, you're a lawyer and you don't have a job and you're in debt. So figure it out and go get a job. But you know, the closest people to us, when they tell us to move on, there's always like that one person you have that doesn't let you give up. So yeah, I got you. I got both of y'all girl. Just on the college note, Mike Plant, who is basically single-handedly responsible for the Braves having their new Truist Park and having all this new revenue and, you know, fans before this year, he didn't go to college either. So whatever. It's a piece of paper that is collecting dust on my shelf because my mom (laughs) said she'd frame it when I get an office and I picked a job that never gives you an office. So it's fine. The most expensive piece of paper makes me mad looking at it sometimes. I'm just like, I could have printed this out on my mom's computer. I could have Microsoft worded this, okay? Easily. Okay, there are templates for that. Rachel, it's your turn, babe. It is. (laughs) Okay, unlike you, I don't, I haven't, I don't have my template up. I just wing it um, because I am not experienced at this. So I, that's all we're doing. Okay. And, and on the sidebar to that, I still remember it wasn't even the two of you together. It was just you, Rachel. And I texted Jess because I saw, you know, you guys interact a lot. And I was like, okay, who is this? Because like she brings it. I mean, it was like watching a different form of Jess. And I was like, <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. Like she's got it on camera. She's going to put it there and you're going to take it or leave it. But no, you're fine. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I just like, I watch Jess do her thing and I know, like, I know the baseball stuff. I know the agent world, um, but the like, you know, media part, um, I just watch her and like try to take notes. I'm like, okay, that's a cool like segue she did there. And, but, um, you know, I'm just here for, I guess, maybe information other than that. Jess, Jess carries the team for us. So I'll carry the team. She does. But, um, okay, this is a, like, not COVID-related, um, maybe, I'm guessing you probably get this question, like, a fair amount, and it sucks, but what's the state of, I mean, the Orioles right now, the rebuild, when's it going to end? What, how do we feel? I mean, the fan base, the team, the players themselves, like, what's happening? So the really cool thing, and it's the first time I've gotten to see it, especially from this perspective about our fan base, is I think they have fully bought in and they they understand the rebuild. They're not just like, oh, but it's a rebuild and then complain about the fact that they can't win. It also helps that we opened up taking the series, but, um, you know, they, they get what a rebuild actually means and they get that there's going to be losses and you still see the grunts and the groans from it, but you hear more excitement about our prospects. You know, well, have you seen Adley Rutschman and, and D.O. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez? You know, these guys are all coming up through the system. You hear more of that than you hear, oh, well, the guy that we had to spot start today couldn't hold it together against Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and Miguel Andujar because they know. Um, and that was another thing that even Hyde today was super transparent about because we were talking, you know, well, when we were supposed to open the season with them in March, there wasn't a judge. Stanton hadn't come into form. Like we kind of have 
you know, a little more of a prayer than we do now. And, and he just kind of said, like, there's no changes. Like, it's the Yankees. Like, we already, we already know. Like, we know how good they're going to be. Um, and he's just focused on them. So you see some of the small pieces now who are a part of the future. Like John Means, who's already up here. He's scheduled to throw Thursday against the Yankees. Carol, he's Car one of those Caroline's guys. husband. Caroline's, Caroline's husband. husband. Yes, which but she is another fabulous individual. We should have her um, on break too. She yeah. would be good. So Caroline actually developed the fight shirts that we have for Trey Mancini's colon cancer um, fight right now. She designed the little logo with like the 16 hidden in the wording and that benefits charity too. So like mm -hmm. she's, she's really doing her part at home right now. Um, but you see guys like that coming up and, and you know, they're going to be a part of it. And I kind of love it because he was, you know, the 11th round pick and flew under the radar a little bit, but I'm like, that's why I love baseball. It's the six, I always go back and Jess, you know, this, it's the six percenters yes. that pull me in every single time. Um, but I think what Michael Ice is doing is, is tremendous. And you look at just the level of operations that are going through to analyze the draft picks, you know, the, the bonus signees, the kids that they just signed as undrafted free agents. And you see those pieces already being laid out. I got to sit in on some meetings at spring training where they actually went over, you know, fundamentals with the guys and the technology that they've already in, introduced to them, like blew my mind. Like I never thought I could look at base running the way that they were able to present it to these kids until it was sitting there right in front of me on a big screen. And, and I mean, again, it just, it really spoke to the level of how invested they are in pulling it up. So, I mean, you start seeing projections. Rutschman is, is a 21 at worst 22 call up situation. Obviously again, 2020 affects everybody's ETA to land in the show, but I'd say 23, 24, like October and Orioles are going to kind of be synonymous with each other from everything that we've seen. Yeah. Didn't they get, or I thought some guys from the Astros went to the Orioles, like in the front office. Am I wrong about that? So Michael Elias, um, okay, yeah, and he, he brought with, he brought over yeah. Sig as well, who's his lead analytics guy. Yeah, they're gonna be good. Um, it's just gonna take a little bit, as long as it's not like the. I feel I feel so bad for the Mariners because I feel like they just get teased, and even when I mean when they just traded everyone away. And then That's you have the Zipoto effect. It, it, Could you like, imagine him like at a white elephant party? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's tough though, you know, when I, just as a fan, I mean, as a fan base. And then, you know, even if you have some veterans on the team, just player wise, it's, it's tough to go through that. Um, well, Melanie and I love us and Mitch Hanniger. So we just want Mitch, Mitch Hanniger. And I have to say too, with Seattle, Ryan Court, he actually posted today. Today's I the love Ryan. anniversary yeah. of his debut. He was one of our fringe kids way back in Mobile that no one wanted to give a chance to. And he and Mitch, uh, they shocked, they shocked the world for, for a cliche. I mean, I could not, I'm like the proud mother hen to like see them and they probably don't care. Like they're like, she's so annoying. Like you gotta get her off my Facebook. But yeah, no, even Archie Bradley took him years to remember who I was. So I <laughs> once he did though, once he did though, he was like, Oh yeah, I remember like you used to cover us. I'm like, kind of. Um yeah, so Rachel and I are always kind of approached by women like giving giving them advice. And it's over the years, I feel like obviously my advice has changed. And you know me, I'm very blunt and honest, and a lot of the girls don't want to hear it. But you know, because it used to always start out with pick another job. Yeah. I'm always like, do you, like, do you really want to 
do this. Um, so I guess, is there a way for me to not be so mean about giving advice to women that want to work in the sports world? So I, I wish I was not making this up, Jess, but literally two nights ago, it was the first night I've had to sit by myself in the apartment here. Um, but I started doing like just this, you know, your brain goes on like random deep dives at this point about different yes, points in your it. life. But I started thinking about that. And, you know, if it's unfair to, to tell these people, you know, look at a different industry or it looks glamorous, but sweetie, like I could make you cry with some of what we've had to go through to get to where we are. And I'm not saying I'm, I would never put that as like a, a poor me stance at all. And that's the thing that I want to separate is like, it's not, it's not a pity thing at all. It's just black and white. It sucked. And it, it's something that shouldn't have happened, but you know what, you kick through it and you're stronger for it. And you start to figure out yourself a little more. You meet people like Jess who make you have a spine. Um, but I, I don't think, I think you're doing a just service by being a little harsh about okay the advice of people coming into this industry. I really do, because I think if you sugarcoat it and you're like, oh, sweetie, if you believe in yourself, like that's a rude awakening one day. If they're all la la land and everything's gonna be great, and then they're in the minor leagues and they haven't had a day off in two months, and, and you know, it's 15 hours a day or people aren't treating you exactly great. And, and you're like, well, everybody said I could do this. Like, why, why can't, yeah, because you have to want this. Mm -hmm. really, really bad to, to be here and to put up with some of it and, and to know you and to not lose yourself along the way. Yeah. So I think, be, you know, you have to be a little harsh, but you also kind of have to get yourself lost a little bit, right. To understand, yeah. like, I shouldn't do this. Cause you know, I wanted to be the next Katie Nolan, the next Sarah Spain and the next X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, the moment I realized that Sarah Spain and Katie Nolan do, do a good job being Katie Nolan and Sarah Spain, I could be the first Jess Kleinschmidt. There's, n and if you create your own brand or whatever you do, nobody can compete with that because you're being yourself. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I feel like when I, when I'm harsh, they're always like, oh, I'm like, well, what? But I'm not lying to you. Like I, I found in like throughout school and we always, you know, we're told you got to network and talk to people in, in different industries. And it was it didn't matter what industry, whether it was just like traditional law for me or whatever anybody I talked to was like, uh, you should pick a different industry. Like, it's not great. Everyone I feel like is so, uh, just kind of jaded by their career and by or their industry. And I just kind of learned to accept that, you know, yeah, sure. They're going to tell me do something else because I think the main point is like, you got to love it. Like, don't do it for, for the reasons of, like I've had people tell me they want to be an agent. I'm like, why? They're like, I just watched Entourage and it looks so cool. Yeah. And yeah. Like, hey, like, it's not for you. But if, if you you're five and come at me with that, I'll I'll let that yeah, go. Exactly. I mean, even your... even Michael Scott quotes Ari Gold. Okay, so like, let's just analyze that level of agent want for a minute here. <laughs> that's a fair point, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that's that's kind of how i see it is it was like look every person i talked to i was like they're gonna tell me don't do it and then it was just a matter of telling them yes i understand that but i'm i'm going to do it so what's your advice you know yeah. what and that was more of what because i've i've scared away a ton of people too by saying the same things like it, it's really not that great or you know it's it's different yeah. than what you think and they're just like oh okay then never mind i'm like yeah you right. never would have made it anyway so i just saved you like a year or two I like and that's when, the thing is like, I like when they're like, fuck you, I'm going to do this. I'm like, 
Because <laughs> that was always that's mine. when you know that. Sit down. What do you want to drink? <laughs> but that's that's the thing about it is like it's definitely always one thing to be negative the whole time. But share share why you do love it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Don't don't just be a negative Nancy. But what I loved was in a book that I had read last year, and it said every single human on this earth picks the problems they choose to have in their life. So for me, for the longest time, I accepted the problem of like not making a living wage and not getting a close to healthy amount of sleep and, and you know, not having great work relate circumstances. But I loved the fact that my office was the ballpark and I loved that I got to talk about the game. And that that outweighed it. That made picking all of those problems better than having the problem of hating my job but living comfortably. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. I love that. It's so true. I I think about everything in my life. Yeah. That, that sucks. sucks. And I I would choose it every time kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause as tough as it is, you're like, but I love this. Like, like I'll Mm -hmm. complain after and Melanie, remember my, one of my favorite quotes. Cause like, obviously I'm still, I'm like ridiculously single. And I tell Melanie, I will never find a man unless he makes me feel as good as a, like a good day of work feels. No, and it's a hundred percent. And I, I've, I mean, we both know we've all lost so many relationships being in this industry. And so many of them were like, well, look, it's me or the job. You lose, you lose every Every time time because you know what? I'm never going to wake up the next morning and my job's never going to roll over in bed and look at me and go, I don't really love you anymore and leave. The job is always going to be there as long as I fight for the job. So like, sorry, sorry about it. Also, just you being single is like an anomaly. That, that literally is, <laughs> that's another, another podcast, sweetie. <laughs> oh man. I'm so glad we had you on Melanie. This is so much fun. I know. We all have to I cheers. Did we not cheers yet? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Stupid glass. Cause there's no wine glasses. <laughs> I'm super into it, but you know what, Rachel, you were growing up babe and you're not drinking out of the glass anymore yeah you know uh you mean the bottle mm-hmm. yeah the bottle I almost, I almost did and then I put on uh I think on our Instagram I put like a poll of which one I should do oh did people choose the glass no the bottle and I was like guys please I was trying like I did that one time and I will not do that again so <laughs> people like bring that up all the time Rachel like it's weird like every, like every time I like, oh, the one, like when she drank out of the bottle, I was like, is that the only episode you watched? Like, I mean, and do like, we know was, how many nachos references and wings references they make about you, Jess? That's fair. That is fair. That's bad. People really bring it up. I was in a hotel. Yeah. I don't have a, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and that's true. Like, you don't want to, like, there's, cause I, you know, I took one wine class, wine class. So that makes me a sommelier. Yeah. Um, but yeah there is a difference to like the type of glass that you drink it out of. That's why airport wine tastes like shit because you're drinking it out of a plastic cup. Yeah. So so chug it. So Melanie, you're not missing anything being allergic to it. But I'm like, do wine glasses affect the way that whiskey tastes? No, you're fine. You're fine. Are you allergic to wine? I am allergic to wine. Uh, Here's the thing though. I wasn't always allergic to wine. (laughs) And even when I could drink it, I wasn't that crazy about it. I was kind of always like a whiskey tequila. This is peanut butter whiskey. And like, it's, it's oh, this is my drink for the rest of my life. That okay, that's, that's fair. What do you, what do you put with peanut butter whiskey? So um, I actually discovered this at winter meetings this year because well, everybody else had right. wine. And this was like the only option. I was like, I like peanut butter. I'll try it. 
Um, so I drink it with ginger ale because I'm usually a whiskey ginger person anyways. And it actually, it makes it a little lighter. Like it's not as dense of a peanut butter flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Dense is a good word, but pro tip. Um, if I'm day drinking, I can put it in my coffee, my iced coffee. And it's amazing. All right. It's a game changer. It's, it's called screwball. So it's like baseball themed. It works. Love it. Iced coffee, whiskey. Girl, I got two days come off coming up. Uh-oh. I don't want to feel like thing. you get like an ice smoke of coffee and then you add peanut butter whiskey. I'm just saying it's the best. So like you can just be like hanging out in your yoga pants. People are like, oh, she's cute. Like she's just done her yoga. She's but got really it together. Lit. Yeah. You're like, I'm having a day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melanie, thanks for stopping by. You are the absolute best. We really, really appreciate it. This was so much fun. Yes. This was so good. It was like, again, it's the closest thing we're going to get to have hanging out this year. I know. And I'm glad y'all finally met. I know. I, I'm, me too. Overdue. So we'll, we'll have more of these. We'll just chat. We'll just do like a FaceTime, but we have to do it on resume. Cause it like, this like is amazing. Jess doesn't like the, I face don't like my face. real face. Of, Wait, yeah. what does zoom do to your fake face? There's a I pretty didn't, feature. <laughs> I don't even know this. I didn't know it either for a while. So you go on your settings and you can like, it says like enhance your, or like smooth everything out. You don't like need it. Neither do you, Rachel, but like, it's great. It's so subtle. Jess thinks it makes a big difference. It does not. It really doesn't, but like, you know. But she likes to, yeah, she feels better with it. I do. It's like an extra. extra. um, Yeah. It's the guac. It is. It is. I had Jabba Chamberlain on earlier on my other podcast and like, he's just like full on beard. And I, and I was still just making sure I didn't look bad because I had well, a burger. You got super, rid of the beard too. Yeah. I mean like, especially around you girls, like it, this needs to be like on. Well, okay. So see, that's oh, been my wait. trick is like, I have, so I have a ring light for the I purpose do of doing all the at home work we did for the Orioles, but it has a tripod that connects through the middle of it. So it's like an all in one. But the ring light has different temperature settings. That's and so it's like a white light, but then the warm light, the warm light has kind of been my like auto-tune. Because Me too, because Rachel looks blue. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do the blue, blue light ever. I can't yeah. even tan. I can't tan this enough to ever blue. do the blue light. Jess loves the blue light and she was doing yeah. it in the beginning. And I have a like a LUT preset that I put on all my pictures. And so I was, I like whenever I would post something, I would put it on. I'm like, Jess, you're this blue light it doesn't work with my preset so you need to change it and like it's not in my color wheel yeah oh no it's like scary like if if i could actually make her instagram photos like my life is set (laughs) you like it or you hate me for him no i I love that you're ocd because like i'm not like really i am about like weird things but and it's good because like i don't mind like if she wants to do her thing yeah, if we were the same, it would be bad. It really would have lasted one episode and then. <laughs> I'd be like, well, that was a that, short. That was fun. <laughs> that was short. Sorry about it. <laughs> All right, my dear. Thanks for stopping by and we'll have to do this again soon. Yes. Thank you, babe. Bye.